the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So there's something I inherited from my dad. I'll be walking through the house, and there's plenty of room, no furniture around. But for some crazy reason, my toe will find its way to the most painful piece of furniture in the house, and I will stump my toe. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis unpack this just with three thoughts make it really practical because my goal is this if if i can help you unwrap your gifts you'll discover the potential you have in christ your life will be better you'll be more fulfilled the church will be better because you'll be doing your part (laughs) and jesus will be magnified just as we desire. So here's the first thing. Here's what you need to know. Ignorance is not bliss in the Christian life. It's not. It's not okay just to say, well, I, I'm, I'm on the bus and that's all I care about. We'll let somebody else take care of that. Somebody else can teach the classes. Somebody else can sing on the stage. Somebody else can move the chairs. Somebody else can dig a little deeper in the Word. No, what he's saying here is God doesn't want you to be ignorant. God wants you to know who you are. God wants you to know why you're here. He wants you to know what he intends for you to accomplish. And he even wants you to understand how you can accomplish it. That's your purpose. That's your promise. That's your potential. (laughs) My mama taught me a song. I think it was from Gloria Gaither when I was a child. And we would sing it together. And she would look at me. And, man, it was such an encouragement. She'd say, I am a promise. I am a possibility. I am a promise with a capital P. I am a great big bundle of potentiality. Did you know that's true of you if you're a follower of Christ? That's what this is about. Every one of us have this promise. We have this potential. We have this opportunity to make a difference for the glory of God. And yet, like the Corinthian church, a lot of us are living in ignorance. Our gifts that God's given to each one of us are being left unwrapped. So according to Scripture, what Paul was saying here is that we fight this ignorance and begin to experience our potential when we understand two things. And the first thing is this. It's our confession. Our confession tells who we are. And what is the, que- what is the confession? He lays it out clearly. Do you see it? Jesus is Lord. Say that with me. Say, Jesus is Lord. That's the confession. That's why it says in Romans, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus 
is Lord. That's that step of becoming a follower of Christ. You know, for some of you, what that means is you don't have this gift yet because you've not truly confessed that Jesus is Lord. Remember the illustration I gave? You were going your way. Some of you, you're still going. You're just walking. You're moonwalking your way. I mean, you got it down your way. You sing your song. I did it my way. And that means you've never made the confession. If that's the case, then you're missing out on the very thing for which God created you. And today, what you need to do is you need to begin a relationship with Christ. You need that time in your life where you understand that you're a sinner, that you're going your own way, separated from him, but that Jesus loves you, and he died on the cross for your sin, and that because he died, he rose again. And when he rose again, he showed you that he had the power to overcome anything you face in life. And when you understand that, you want to say, Jesus is Lord. That's your confession. But the second thing he says you've got to understand is your charismata, your gifting. So what this passage is saying is you will never be fulfilled. You'll never make the difference God intends you to make in the church. And you won't glorify Christ in your life if you don't understand how he gifted you. That charismata. And the implication is that when our charismata, our gifting, impacts our conduct, our confession becomes more credible. Now think about that. That's a nice turn of a phrase, but I want you to understand it. When my gifting, the way God created me, is beginning to be lived out in my life, what's going to happen? Oh, Ray Rod down here, he's going to be able to see it. And he's going to say, man, pastor, God, God's speaking to me through you. But that's not just for preachers. He does that in all of our lives. When we begin to live out using our gifts through our conduct, people see that. And then when we say we're followers of Christ, they say, you don't have to tell me that. I knew it. Your light's not hidden. It's shining brightly. Forgive me, but that's not the case in a lot of our lives. You, you bought into this idea that your faith relationship is is something that nobody else needs to know about and i just need you to understand that's not biblical and you're you're not being the salt you're not being the light you're not being the impact and you're not making any difference in the church because you haven't unwrapped your gift so what is a spiritual gift Let me give you a simple definition. Spiritual gifts are divine, God-given abilities that enable a follower of Christ to serve and to minister for the glory of God. Let me read it and explain it and then talk about it in a minute. Spiritual gifts, divine or God-given. You know what that means? You didn't do anything to earn it. And this blows some of what you've been taught in some churches out of the water. Because they've taught you, boy, if you could just get to a certain level, then you would have the spiritual gifts you need. It's like climbing a ladder. When you get up higher on the ladder, God's going to give you more gifts. That's kind of nice to think about, but it's not scriptural. They're given to us by God. 
for a very clear purpose. They enable us to, to serve and to minister in his church for a very good reason, so that he might be glorified. When do we receive these gifts? Well, we get them in our spiritual birth. That's part of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit of God. Look at John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Say forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So at our spiritual birth, the first thing we receive is the gift, G-I-F-T, of the Holy Spirit. Think about what Jesus was saying. He's talking to his disciples. I've been hanging out here with you. I know you like it. But I've been telling you, you're still not ready. You don't understand. I've been telling you, I'm leaving. But I'm sending you another. So Jesus was saying, when you receive the Spirit of God, it's just as if you were walking face to face with me. Do you understand? Complende. <laughs> when you receive the Spirit of God, you're no different than the disciples who walked face to face with Jesus. And what we believe the Bible teaches is that you receive the Spirit of God when you begin that relationship with Jesus because you decided you were going your way, you repented, you believed what Jesus did on the cross, his burial, his resurrection for your life, and you began to follow him. And the verse we just read says, when you receive him, he's with you forever. In fact, in, in Ephesians, it says that he seals you. He puts his seal on you, and nothing can take that off. But at our spiritual birth, we also receive spiritual gifts, G-I-F-T-S. And that's the focus of this passage. So it's not something that we've received just because we've climbed that louder. A spiritual gift's not a spiritual trophy. If it were a spiritual trophy, that would minimize the grace of what God's done in our life. It would undermine the spiritual truth that we're all trophies of grace. We receive it at our birth just because of the generosity of God, our spiritual birth. So think about what the Holy Spirit does to us. It's the Holy Spirit who draws us to Him for salvation. It's the Holy Spirit that conforms us into the image of Christ for sanctification. And it's the Holy Spirit in us that empowers us to serve the church for edification. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. 
Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. So ignorance is not bliss, folks, when it comes to the Christian life. But there's a second thing real quickly. Every Christ follower receives a spiritual gift. So it really is better than that Oprah show. (laughs) because it's not even just those in the studio. I mean, it's everybody that gets a relationship with Jesus Christ. You get a gift, and you get a gift, and you get a gift. I mean, isn't that awesome? Isn't that something to celebrate as a body of Christ? We've all felt left out. Sometimes you've been in a setting where somebody got a promotion and you didn't, or someone got a raise and you didn't, or someone got recognized and you didn't, or someone got a, a, a special bonus and you didn't. We've all had those times where we felt left out. Not today. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, you've got to give. Look at verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Our First Peter 4.10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. We're all gifted, but we've already established we're all different. And so guess what? God knows that. And so he gave us different gifts. In fact, if you look throughout the New Testament, you'll, you'll find several different lists of gifts. And usually they're, they're written to a particular church. And I think that's because God knows that every church needs different sets of gifts. Any of my friends that visit here, they always say, man, Paul, I, I don't know another church like Mission Hill. You know, where 65 plus nations are gathered every time we come to worship. Guess what? I, the makeup of our church, it requires a different gifting of our members. There's so much that could be said about these different gift, gift lists and the letters. We're going to talk about this for several weeks, but let me just mention a few things. In 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 4, it says, there are varieties of gifts. The varieties of service, the varieties of activities. And then look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 4. It says, for as in one body we have many members, the members do not all have the same function. We are many in one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. So let us use them. As you look at the gift list, like I mentioned, there are... There's so many ways to approach this, and I have to be straightforward. There's no place in Scripture where it says, this is exactly how I want you to quantify these gifts. So as you begin to study this, there's some people that go all the way back and look through the Old Testament and find anything that looks like a spiritual gift and include that. Others kind of will come up with 80 or so different gifts that are listed in the New Testament. One of the common ways I like that just helps my mind kind of put this logically, is a a three-category list of the gifts. For example, there's a group of ministry gifts. And this is described in Ephesians chapter 4. Listen to what it says. And he gave, who is he? (laughs) It's a new year. It's a new you. Anytime I ask a question and you don't think you know the answer, give it a good hearty guess. Who is he? Yeah, so God gave us the gifts. So he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body. So what does that sound like? It sounds like there are some gifts that God may utilize to build his church on this side of heaven. 
maybe a pastoral gift, or a gift of teaching, expositing the Word, or a, a, a gift of evangelism. Now, we're going to deal with these really in the coming weeks in specific ways, but let me just illustrate this. Y'all know Pastor Zach. Man, if you've had a conversation with Pastor Zach, it doesn't take long to figure out he's, he's probably an evangelist. In fact, if you bump into him on the highway, there's a 95% chance you're going to get saved, even if you run into his car. And, and that's all this is pointing out. They're different. I mean, you listen to a gifted teacher, you're going to think, wow, they, they have that gift of teaching in the body of, of Christ. So ministry gifts. And, and then there's another category, and boy, this one is fun. I would call it the manifestation gifts. Because here are the things that are, are manifest. I mean, we see them, and boy, they get our attention. It's kind of like the billboard. So um, gifts like the gifts of miracles, of healing, of tongues, of the interpretation of tongues. You can hear a pin drop in here. It gets quiet. Boy, this is going to be good. I can't wait to hear what he says back here. And so that's what it does in our world. And that's why I like this term manifestation, because when you see those gifts, I mean, everybody kind of comes to attention. Well, what does the Bible say about this? Well, did you know there are some people, matter of fact, a lot of folks, kind of from my tradition of, of faith practice, that are what we would call cessationist. Cessationist. That means a cessationist is one who believes that things have ceased. So there's a big group in Christianity that would look at these kind of gifts and say, there's not a need for them today, and they have ceased. Now, where do they get that from? Well, they get that from a verse in the Bible in what we call the love chapter, because I'm going to help you understand this over the coming weeks, but the love chapter was written, 1 Corinthians 13, in a discussion of spiritual gifts, because the whole point was, I don't care what gift you have, if it's not based on love, you're just puffing yourself up. And so at the end of that, here's what it says. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they'll pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it'll pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. And so what a lot of Christians do, they look at that and they say, you know, when the full canon of the Bible was established, when the New Testament was complete and we knew we had the perfect Word of God, and that's what we believe in our church. We believe the Bible is the perfect Word of God. When you read the Bible, you're hearing God speak. So some people believe that when that was complete, the perfect had come, and, and so there was no need for these other gifts. I, I don't believe that, even though a lot of people I love and respect do believe that. Because I believe it's a bad interpretation of this passage. Because when you look at what Paul says throughout his writings, when he talks about the perfect coming, it's pretty clear he's talking about the return of Jesus. And, and he's saying when Jesus comes back, you're, you're not going to need these things to point people to Jesus because they're going to see him face to face. Now, there's way more I will say about these gifts. So you don't want to miss a week because you don't know when I'm going to talk about it. And it'll be interesting to you because the Bible gives some very specific guidelines for how and when these gifts should exist. And that's going to be relevant because we've even had discussion about that in our church. So that's the manifestation gifts. But the third category, these are the motivational gifts. If you read Romans 12, you see a list of 
of what I believe are motivational gifts. I can't wait for next week because I'm really going to lay this out. I believe every one of us have at least one of these motivational gifts. I like to think about it this way. They are what makes us tick. They're what motivates us in our spiritual journey. And I think I'm going to be able to go through that list next week and point those out, and you're going to say, yeah, that's, that's me. When, when I'm fulfilled, when I'm making a difference, that's where it's coming from. Because if you don't discover what makes you tick, everybody else around you is going to see what makes you ticked. Because remember, an unwrapped gift is anticipation or frustration. And we want you to unwrap your gift, a wrapped gift. I've been saying it wrong all day. No need to change that now. Well, before I end this, let me just say something. Our spiritual gifts are different from our human talents or from our spiritual fruit. I believe all of us have different talents. Some of you are talented craftsmen. You're woodworkers. I'm not. Would you please make me some furniture? (laughs) Some of... There are people who are very gifted musicians. Many of the most gifted musicians in history are not Christ followers. It's not a spiritual gift. Some of the greatest artists or architects, designers, scientists, education and talent, that's not the same. But it's also different from our spiritual fruit. You know what our spiritual fruit is? That's these character traits that cause us to resemble Christ on a daily basis. It's described in Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit, it's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And the Bible says we, we all can and should develop all of those. But you're not going to have all the spiritual gifts. You know why? Because we're all different. And we need each other. We're better together. That's the last thing I want you to know. We're better together. Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians and he talks about us as the body of Christ. Now again, I want to give some of you a light bulb moment. You know what a light bulb moment is? It's like when the light comes on and you see something for the first time. When Jesus was walking with his disciples, who was walking with the disciples? Jesus, yeah. God, right? Jesus was God incarnate. What does incarnate mean? God in the flesh. So when the disciples were walking with Jesus, they were in the presence of, listen to this, the body of Christ. But Jesus died, Jesus was buried, Jesus rose again, Jesus spent 40 days with his disciples and his followers, and then he gave them the Great Commission, and then he ascended into heaven, and the disciples were sitting there, that's where their ignorance continued, they were just going, what happened, Vern, I don't know, where'd he go? And so the body of Christ was gone. But all throughout the New Testament, it talks about the body of Christ. Who's it talking about? Light bulb moment. It's talking about us. So, so Paul goes on to say, hey, everybody gets a gift. You get a gift, you get a gift, you get a gift, you get a gift. And, and we're all different, and people get different gifts. And then he says this, if you read the rest of the chapter. Think of it like the body. Every part of the body is different, but every part of the body is valuable. And if you allow me just to take a little liberty and paraphrase 
This is basically what he said. He said, can you imagine the elbow saying, uh, I want a pay raise. I'd like to be an eyeball. Or can you imagine um, the ear saying, I am sick and tired of hearing everything, but I notice the ring gets, the, the finger gets to wear a lot of jewelry. Could I be a finger for a season? Or, or can you imagine saying that the, the, the small intestine said, uh, you know, I noticed that the hair is kind of at the top of our world. And, and it's nice and flowing and on the outside. Can I switch and be the hair? And then he goes on to say, how silly would that be? Because in reality, we need good digestion more than we need full-bodied hair, right? Every part of the body was created for a purpose, on purpose. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.